How many, how many girls here from Boston? Any Boston? So I'm not sure whether you know, but now, now, right now, is the onsite of Ezra Schwarz and uh, Jakob Don. Jakob Don is our next door neighbor. Uh, were killed eight years ago. Now, I'm sure at this stage of the evening, on a Kislev, um, by a terrorist who was driving outside of uh, Alon Schwartz. Uh, they were both in different cars. Um, so I don't know Jacob's full name, Jacob Ben Yehuda. Uh, I also want to uh, my son, who after three weeks has uh, come back to Israel, and uh, unfortunately not uh, only temporarily at the moment, but um, anyway, so if I finish on time today, you know where I'm going, I have to catch him before he starts socialising, something that he got from his mother, of course, and uh, and not, definitely not from me. I wouldn't want you to think badly of me. <laughs> so, you know, I'm so happy that you're, you're getting a good schluff this afternoon. You got me. I'm very happy that people come off a plane and come to Russia. It's like asking for punishment. It's like, uh, but feel free. I, <laughs> I, the more, the more, the better. <laughs> but, but, uh, we have a parsha this week, which is a, which is a parsha of um, galut. Actually, and the whole parsha is galut. It begins with exile and ends with the end of exile. It starts with Yaakov leaving the rova. He was uh, sleeping in the square, and he saw angels going up and down a ladder. And uh, he comes back at the end of the Parsha. He comes back to Israel. So the whole Parsha is a Parsha of Galut. We ladies have discussed B'nai Noach. We've discussed B'nai Avram. We've discussed B'nai Yitzchak, B'nai Sarah. Last week we did Ashkenu Matov Chalkenu. Now we are B'nai Yaakov looking towards being B'nai Yisrael. That would be next week's parasha. So I want to speak a bit about Yaakov because we are B'nai Yaakov. I, I, I spoke a bit last week, uh, quite a lot last week, about the uh, the divisions that are happening all of the time. Yitzhak, Ishmael, Yaakov, Esav, the Havamina of Yosef Echad, which wasn't. It was a misunderstanding, but it wasn't to be. And um, now we're B'nai Yaakov, and we remain B'nai Yaakov, we become B'nai Yisrael, but we're not B'nai Yaakov. I want to look at three sources, maybe four, again, depending on time. I did have a thought, how, how, how much stones are mentioned in this week's parsha? So many stones. <coughs> In this week's parsha, there's a lot of symbolism to stones, but we're going to look at the first word by makom. The yifka normally means he he clashed. Yifka is to clash. Makom, ain pegia elatefila, but a pegia 
means to feel that process is a type of tefillah, type of praise pegia. Velamanu shiakov tiken tefillat arvit. And uh, if you're, Rav Sassan is actually not doing Gemara this term, but normally he does the fourth perik of Brachot. And we learn in the fourth perik of Brachot that Avram was Metakein Shachrit, Yitzhak was Mincha, and Yaakov was Mariv. And that's for Yifgaba Makom. He clashed in a place for in Pegia, which is a strange Lashon, Ella Tefila. Shacharit Arvit Hent Kufot Adam. Shachrit and, and Arvit are periods in our life. Yesh Tukufot Hatzlacha, we have periods of success. Kashahashemesh Dorachat Lola Adam, when the sun is shining. And you're over the moon. You're really very, very happy with life. You have clarity. There are times when we go periods of darkness. You see yourself in, in a negative way. Abraham tikent filat shacharit. Abraham, he introduced shacharit. In his happiness, his success, he understood that everything emanated from God. And he was totally immersed in his connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Yaakov tikent filat arvit. Yaakov was metakein arvit. To forget all his travels. Yaakov had such a, a hard life that when he stands in front of Paro, when Yosef introduces him, and Paro says, how old are you? And he says, 130 years old. And Pharaoh seems to think he's a lot older. And in my words, Yaakov says, you don't know the half of it. You don't want to know what my life has been like. Yaakov had such a battling with Esav away from home. This was two years. Then there's the story of Shechem, then Yosef, then Binyamin. In fact, on the words by Yaakov, we're told by Amafashim that the last 17 years of his life were the best years of his life. Maybe the last 17 and the first 17. And everything in the middle was trials and tribulations. He took solace in Wherever I go, you are. When I go to Shamaim Shamata, you are there. And when I'm in the depths, Hinecha, you are there too. Those angels are talking about the different galuyot going up and down, going up and down the ladder, the different exiles that we have been through as a nation. The Yifgaba Makom had Efes Makom, and he reached to the, the point of zero, ground zero. Kromar Ra'ayta Chorban HaMikdash, he saw the destruction of the temple. Vayalin Sham Kiba Shemesh, Zman Shel Choshech, the sun has gone down, in his darkness, he is immersed in darkness. And then he davened Marif. 
But Filat Aravis, so what is the darkness? And this almost carries on absolutely directly from the words I, I ended with last week. The idea here is not to overcome the darkness, to go above the darkness. But to be able to live in the darkness with light. Just to live in darkness with light. He took the stones and put him by his head. Where you are standing now, you are standing now, not meaning Jerusalem, meaning in darkness. Admat Kodesh is also holy. We don't always search for holiness in places of light. You have to be able to see the holiness in, in every place that you're standing. Any place that a person finds themselves, as dark as it may be. You have to see the holiness. And place it at the top of your head. And we learn the histagel, we learn to manage in that darkness. And we learn to live in that darkness, sometimes not realizing how dark it is. I was in my study at about seven o'clock last night, and the phone rang, and my wife screamed. And I ran upstairs, and she says, it's Yitzchak, it's our son. After three weeks. And we just cried. Just cried. And the feeling I've had over the last day, I've got one more day, is how dark it's been. I didn't even realize. Suddenly, my muscles have relaxed. I've still got one up north, but my not, at least it's in Israel, my muscles have relaxed able to sleep. And I realized that we're going to have to go back in on Wednesday. But we did manage to function, did manage to work. And that lady who came in, unfortunately, I think we did too many things in an afternoon. 
when you were preparing for the carnival, the lady that came into your soldier said, Cheryl Mandel. So she probably didn't even talk about it, but she lost a son in Janine 20 years ago. That son's best friend lost his legs last Shabbos in Gaza. And this woman, if you were there, I know not all of you were there, you would have seen how someone is mistagel to Choshech. He's able to live in darkness and, and see the light in darkness. With B'nai Yaakov, we've spent most of our lives, most of our historical lives, being beaten and attacked and accused. I asked the class, I wonder how many people who, who talk about the river and the sea know which river and know which sea. They don't know no river, they don't know any sea, they got no idea how small our little country is and how big all the countries that surround us are. But loli tromemi al avnei hamakom, we're not talking about escapism and pretending that it doesn't exist. Lehistagel, to, to realize what it is and to bring the lightness to the dark. Laharim et avnei hamakom atzmam, to be able to bring light, to, to bring up those stones. So it starts off in the sing in the plural and ends up with, with one, and you know that midrash. All the stones became one stone. When you take all the stones and you put them together, you have one stone. Even Pina, and that has all. This is a lesson not on just a national level, it's on a, an individual level. We are defined not by events, but we are defined by ourselves and how we relate to events and how we choose to face the events that we have. We can bring light to any darkness, and Yaakov has a lot of trepidation about going into Galut for 20 years. But just remember, when Yaakov comes back, he is described as an Ish Shalem, as a, a complete person. It's only through these Galuyot, it's only through these struggles that we grow, that we become better, that we become stronger. If asked initially, would we want to go through these struggles, most of us would opt out and prefer not. That's not one of our choices. The choice is the struggle is going to happen. How are you going to deal with the struggle? Uh, by that we are judged. We can't define the situation by what happens, but we can by the way we deal with it. Turn over the page and see Rabbi Sachs. So he starts off here, Rabbi Sachs has the most beautiful way of writing. Yaakov is the most difficult of, of our forefathers. He's not Noach, 
Sadiq Tamim Bedorotav Amitalechim Elohim, who walks with God. Sheloka Avraham, who lo azavit also, he didn't leave his land. He didn't put himself under the knife. Something maybe we'll get to with Moshe. Moshe is the first human rights activist. He's the only man in all of Torah that we have so many stories about his youth. And he cares about people. They're not religious meetings at the beginning of his life. It's about the rights of this Jewish people who are being oppressed. It's about the rights of Benot Yitro. It's about the rights of an individual being beaten by another. And Moshe stands up to be counted. But we're not called B'nai Moshe. We're not called B'nai Avram or B'nai Yitzchak. We are called Am Yisrael. We are... Ultimately, despite all the progression of the last few weeks, we will be B'nai Yaakov, B'nai Yisrael. And why? Yaakov is running away from danger and he's running into danger. He's running from Esav and he's running to Lavan. He's running away because there's a contract on his life. He's about to join the house of Lavan. Where there are other dangers, not the same dangers, but other dangers. He is far from home. Bored, he is alone. Very, very vulnerable. Hashem shokat, the sun goes down. Halila, your red darkness surrounds him. And Yaakov goes to sleep. And then he sees this dream. He is told that uh, the land you're sleeping on will be your land. He's told that when your seas are like the dust of the earth, then there will be Geula. And that God will be with him. And he wakes up and he says, I, I've been in this place and I didn't realize it was a holy place. And he calls it Shar Hashamayim, the gates of heaven. Here, Mamash here, here, the rover. The gates of heaven. I hope you don't take it lightly that you are ambassadors to the Kotel because you are standing at the gates of heaven in the most powerful place in the world. And the most powerful clue we have in the world is a book. It's called a Sidur or Tehillim. Simulev hamrubat halamila It says so many times vehine. Hine means and behold. They said translate and behold. We've never ever used the word and behold. Never seen the word and behold. It's only a translation to a chumash. We see behold. Um, I doubt you use this in your essays. And behold, I saw a falafel store. In one of your messages to your parent, behold, I think I'm having pizza now. It's not a used language, but it is an expression of surprise. Behold. He didn't know this meeting with God was going to take place. I didn't know that God was in this place. Going back to the tefillah, he just bumps into the place, clashes with the place. 
This is a meeting that wasn't planned. The place means HaKadosh Baruch It's a name for God, HaMakom. But it's not the most obvious name for God, the place. It seems like he by chance bumps into God. Which I hope we'll discuss next week. This struggle with an angel in the middle of the night. What struggle is this? This fight with an angel? Yaakov is always on his own. He's on his own in the rover. He's on his own when he fights with an angel. When he meets Esav, he's on his own. His greatest, highest, most intense religious experiences are in darkness on his own. Balaila at night, harchek minabait, far from home, el mu sakana, facing danger. Hu ha'ish ha'pogeshet Elohim. He meets God when he doesn't appear that he's going to meet God. It's the depth of darkness. Kashet aton atunal edvarim acherim. When he's thinking about other things, kashehu mefached v'ola afilo asaf yeush. When he's about to despair. I think he discovers in the middle of darkness, in the same words as Rav Zevin in the Torah Mardim, after he sees light in the darkness. And so Yaakov, we are Bnei Yaakov, he is the father of the people, where did we meet God? In a desert, a forlorn desert, in the middle of desolation. Yush, we meet God in the middle of a desert at Har Sinai. And ever since that time, in the Midbar, that is, that is what's true about our nation. Hayudim sardu begalut achar galut. We have survived exile after exile, enemy after enemy. And even though we might have said, how can we, how can we sing a song on foreign territory in foreign lands? Gilu ki ashkina adain shura we have experienced time and again that the light is always there, that God is always with us. Even when we lost, and I didn't think it could be. I didn't think it could be that in this darkness, I can, I can find God, I can see God. Abraham gave us the strength to fight paganism. Yitzchak taught us how to sacrifice ourselves. Moshe taught us to fight for justice. But when we feel so alone, and boy, do we feel alone. 
It's impossible. It's impossible to perceive injustice. Just impossible. Ladies, it's not the first time. November the 8th, 1938, the Germans stormed the streets of Germany and destroyed thousands of shawls. Do you know who had to pay the bill? Do you know how to pay all of the reparations for all of the destruction on Kristallnacht? Hermann Goering made the Jews pay. It was our fault. What are you meant to do when you go to Shul the next day? The Piazzesna Rebbe, he goes backwards and forwards, right? Because he's a human being and inspiring, but true. And at some stage, I can't remember which Sikha and at what stage of the war it was. But he turns to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and he says, I understand you give us trouble, so we'll go to Shul and we'll go to a base of Medrash. But we can't go to Shul. There is no Shul. There is no Beit Midrash. Absolute Choshech. But at the same time, he says, so we'll get through it. B'nai Yaakov, the vast majority of our Jewish history has been suffering. If you go through Tanakh and try to identify how much time was the ideal of Am Yisrael happening, of Am Yisrael, Torah Yisrael, Beit Midash, and Eretz Yisrael, you will be able to narrow it down to 40 years of Shlomo HaMelech's reign. Because as soon as he dies, the kingdom splits, and it's downwards from then on, downhill from then on. And before he was king, there was no Beit Midash. In the entire history of our people, we have had 40 years of Shalva, of climax. Because we are B'nai Yaakov. But B'nai Yaakov isn't only about that. I want to take you to the fourth page. I'm trying to get everything today. The point we're talking about is the ability to bring light to darkness whilst you're in the darkness. And I chose to start off with examples, and Rabbi Sachs essentially leads to that, that we're talking about a nation that has always struggled with darkness on a national level. But the message goes much further. Have a look at Nativot Shalom. Now, I've taken a long Nativot Shalom and made it slightly shorter, call it the abridged version, okay? Uh, but it's a very, very important theme of Yaakov, Mariv, Lila, seeing light in darkness. But it's a totally different take here. And it has a much more positive uh, facet than, than what we've discussed so far. Though the survival of the Jewish people is uh, beyond belief. Beyond belief. We're used to the Torah, ladies, so when we hear Torah stories, we take them for granted. We don't question what might be obvious to someone of our age who is reading it for the first time. 
because we know the story essentially. So we're looking for extra diukim or a Baileyism or a Merovichism or, or something there that is uh, that, that, that I've never heard before and will never hear again. Uh, but, but, but nonetheless, I'm, I profited from the fact that I've heard it once. But he but, but it's something that, that you could not appreciate if you weren't uh, directed towards it. Kotev Yaakov. So Yaakov is Kadosh. Why is Yaakov Kadosh? Abraham is Magain Abraham. Yitzchak is Mechayei Hametim. And Yaakov is Ha'el Kadosh. He's the third bracha. Yaakov is Kedusha, or as we spoke about, the combination of Ahava and Yira into Tiferet, which is holiness. He is the climax. We say it so many times when we bench, we don't realize what we're saying, that Yaakov is the, is the epitome of Kedusha. And that's based on a pasuk in Yishayal, where Yaakov is called Kadosh. He's called Emet, but he's called Kadosh. So Yaakov is Kadosh. It's one of the uh, family of Slonim, right? The, the Tibot Shalom is Slonim, but it derives from Lekovich. It's not a, not a magnificent Hasidic story, but it's very short. He says, on one occasion on Shabbat Vayetzer, he didn't give a Dvar Torah. He didn't say anything. And one of his Talmidim asked him, Rebbe, he gave no Torah on Shabbos. So he says something else here. We're just going to have to combine the themes. Listen carefully. This parsha tells us, There is no Torah in this parsha at all. We have a parsha about a man who leaves home, gets married a couple of times, has children, and earns a living. That, ladies, is the entire parsha. There's no mitzvah, there's no tefillin, there's no sitzit, there's absolute gornish mitgornish, nothing in the parsha, except for a regular story of what is seemingly a regular man getting married, having a bit of strife with his, uh, with Lavan, and, uh, and then having children and making a living. That's it. That's the whole parsha. That's the whole parsha. How he built a house, how he did business with Lavan, with the sheep there, and it will be Kedusha, meaning, he says, that's the Torah. Meaning, if we, we, can, we can relate to Yaakov as dealing with suffering and dealing with darkness and seeing the light, but we can relate him in a different way as well. Uh, bringing Kedusha into regular life. Judaism is not, definitively not, about locking yourself in a Beit Midrash. You have to learn in a Beit Midrash. You have to have the tools to live a life. But it's actually about leaving. It's actually about going, going outside and retaining that Kedusha outside. That's what we're aiming for. That when a Jew goes 
goes to university, goes to earn a living. But he can do this and remain religious. The idea that the only way you can be religious is by sitting with a book undermines the greatness of Torah and the greatness of belief. That the idea would be that the only way you can survive is if you're in Kolel. That it's an embarrassment to earn a living is a fallacy. Yaakov Avinu. We have Midrashim about what he did in his spare time. But ultimately, we have a parasha where a man goes to make a parnasa to bring up children. There's nothing here about Yaakov not doing the army. There's nothing here about Bittul Torah because he had to earn a living with lava. On the contrary, the whole Madrega is, is going into that world and like we said at the beginning, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. You can be in that world and make it holy. It depends how you do it. I had a student once in the Midrashah. She was African and she, was, uh, she wanted to do Shana Bet. She was a brilliant graphic designer. And at the end of Shana Bet, she came up to me and said, I think I'm going to go into Chinuch. So I said to her, have you ever taught before? She never taught here. So have you ever taught before? She said, no. I said, well, why are you going into Chinuch? She said, well, that's what a good Jewish person should do. I said, no, a good Jewish person is a doctor. A good Jewish person can be a lawyer. A good Jewish person is a good Jewish person. Whatever they do, they can be a good Jewish person. You're good at graphic design. Why can't you make that kadosh? Why can't you, you take the talent that you have and dedicate that talent to HaKadosh Baruch Why can't you go out there and make it kadosh? You're going to be rabbis? I can't do anything else, ladies. I don't have any other talent, but you. you I, I'm not even joking. I, 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 I really, I'm not joking. I, I don't even know whether this is a talent. I really don't have any, any talent. It's one of those philosophical questions. Why? Like, why bother with me, right? But, but I can't even do what you're doing there with you. I can't even do that. I can't do it. Like, I can't. I can't even. I don't even know where to start. Like, where do I start here? What a, there's nothing. I go like that and it's finished. It's over. Like. See, I can't even do that. I can't dance like Rav Shames. I can't smile like Rav Sussman. I can't go like this like Rav Yonatan. I can't philosophize like Rav Avigda. And I can't speak like a baby. I can just imitate. This is so important. This is so lacking. The ability to understand that, that bringing Kedusha to darkness isn't just about surviving when they're attacking us. It's not just about being alone against the United Nations disgrace that it is. It's about being out there as a Barabbas. I heard, I don't even know whether it was a take. I heard it was like, it was on a White House podium where a man was asking the Jews to go home and stop demonstrating because we need you as lawyers. I don't know, was this true? Was it true? It wasn't true. We need you as lawyers. We need you as doctors. We need you because Jews are, are, are giving to the community and from Jews. So we're all going to be in the base medrash. Is that what it was meant for? We got this Torah, all of Shas, which discusses every eventuality of every situation. 
that was all for nothing. So we're just going to, we have to learn Torah. We have to, we have to be in a Beit Midrash to have the Kalim. We have to complete and uh, all the time learn our Torah. Yaakov is the is the climax. Ya- Yaakov is out there, and he is kedusha. I don't. I think it's a big thing for someone to sit in a Beit Midrash and and learn Torah. I think it's the most fantastic thing when someone makes a living and they go to Dafyomi at night. Well, they go to Dafyomi in the city in the middle of the day. I've given Shirim in Johannesburg and in Vestek uh, at lunchtime, where people have given up their lunches and just sat there. And we've had a uh, computer connection with uh, Cape Town in Vestek. And there's been a discussion. People, their lunchtime, it's their lunch hour. And they sit there listening to Torah. So for me, that's phenomenal. It's, it's the most incredible thing. A person has an hour. They get home from work after a long day sitting in traffic. They go to Dafyomi. And that's, that's Am Yisrael, right? And they go to Minyan. They're always at Minyan. They go to Minyan. It's talking about one of the Hoshanas when he was just making a living mul There are three things in Torah. Mitzvot say there are positive commandments. Mitzvot Lota say there are negative commandments. The Inyane Rashut, there are things that we do on our own accord, on our own back, from our own initiative. Gimala Avot Akdoshim and the three Avot represent those three things. These Gimel Chalkei HaTorah. Avraham Avinu Aitami Datomidata Chesed. So Avraham is love, it's Chesed, it's Mitzvot Asay. That's what the Rambam says, right? Mitzvot Asay, Ahava, that's love of God. Skip down a few lines. is fearing God. So that's negative commandments. You don't do it for him out of fear of God. The Ramban says negative commandments. I mean, it's what Lot say. Torah So what's Yaakov Avinu? What's Rashut? What do you do with the rest of your time? What do you do when you're not doing a mitzvah, you're not doing an Avera? What do you, what do you, what do, you do with the rest of your time? You're Rashut. Your life. The six days of the week before Shabbos. The six days of the week after Shabbos. The days between the Chagim. Our life. The bread and butter of our years on this earth. The Yaakov Avinu Hu Rashut. The Ador Ochezet Ba'akev Esav. So he says, goes into Rashi Tivot, Akev Rashi Tivot, Kadesh Atzmacha B'mutalacha. The role where a person would be making self holy with things that are allowed, things that are permitted, going a step further, bringing Kedusha into Veshiftacha Veveitecha Uvelechtacha Vaderech. That there's a Kedusha in everything I'm doing. Not just, not just Talmud Torah. I once had this question, you know, in Pirkei Avot, I'm sure you've come across this. The mission in Pirkei Avot says that if I'm learning Torah, I lift up my head and see a tree, and I say, how beautiful is this tree? I lose my life. Bit, bit harsh. Bit harsh, right? I, ju- I just look out the window. Not a problem in our Beit Midrash, because if you look out the window, you won't see any trees. You'll just see a sky or gratings or some rubbish placed on the roof next door. 
I'm looking out the window and I see, I see a tree. I say, how beautiful this tree is. And I, I sacrifice my life in an explanation I wanted to give, which I've shared with you before, but now in this context, I wanted to say that if someone is learning and when they lift up their heads from their book, it's not learning anymore. It's something else. It's bitul Torah. They've missed the point. Our learning Torah is It's in everything that I do. It's when I go on a Monday night. It's when I go to Chesed on a Tuesday. It's on a Friday morning. It's at night outside. It's It can't just be in a Beit Midrash. He just turned everything into Torah. A girl once said to me, and I'm no example, they won't write an article about me. There are some things that are for sure in life. That is one of them. And, uh, but but I, a girl once asked me, how come you've got so many stories? I, why, what's, what is it with you? Every year you've got five, six, seven, eight stories, and they're all weird. <laughs> uh, I, I said to her, We've all got the same amount of stories. The question is whether you're paying attention. The question is what, what you're doing, what you're thinking. Like, what are you thinking when things are happening? What, what do you learn? You can learn from everything. There's, there's, no, there's no time of bitul Torah. There's just no time. Because if you have that thinking mind and you have that, that kivun, everything that happens in front of you is a lesson. There's a lesson to be learned from everything and everyone. Everything that I meet, every experience that I have is something that I want to think about, I want to internalize, and I want to develop. I want to understand it better. It's not only Torah, because I open up a Talmud Bavli and it's Baba Messiah, so I'm learning Torah. And if I close a book and I look at a tree, and that's not Torah, I've missed the point. I've missed the point. Of course it's Torah. As people are understanding now, of course it's Torah to fight for your country. You know what Kadusha these people are? What Kadusha the, 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 the courage? The courage? And we know half of it, ladies. When you hear on the news that someone was severely injured and is out of danger, I know of someone who was severely injured and is out of danger. He lost his legs. That's out of danger. It just means he's not going to die. He's a 42-year-old with five children, and he's lost his legs. And he went to Miluim. He went to Miluim. Kacha. And people ran there on the 7th of October with pistols and fought with nothing on their feet. That's Kadusha. Someone's going to tell me that I shouldn't do that and I should stay in a baby drash. No one thinks that anymore. It's just... There's a value to everything. If you can't do that, then sit in a Beit Midrash. But David Amelech went out to fight. David Amelech went out to fight. And Moshe, the Midrash says, Moshe was a, was a chief of staff of the, the army that fought Ethiopia before he became a gadol. And Avram went to fight. And no one said to Avram that, that he was, uh, no one said to Avram that he was, uh, it was Bitul Torah. There are Midrash in Kacha Kacha. But it's not what you're doing, it's how you're doing. And therefore, you, you can ex express yourself in so many ways. So, so Mariv is Rashut, right? Initially, not anymore for men, but initially, Mariv was, um, 
optional. And that's why the Mishnah Bruce says that women only dove in Shachris and Mincha. They were never Makabela at Sman Mari. Men were eventually, but Marav is Rashut. But according to this Hasidish piece, Rashut means I didn't have to do it and I did it anyway. I dumped it at night. Shemikozen, I said Torah Shlema, Rebet Abraham Ita, the pastor of Yaakov, Yaakov, Yisaid Banav, and Nashav Alakmalim. Look at the words here by Yisaid Banav. Yaakov got up and he elevated his children and his wives. We are Davaze, Pirush Mamar Katufa, Yisaid, Yaakov, Banav, and Nashav Seid, calling Yanima Gashmishlo, Higbia Yaakov, Lashem Bach. Everything was towards God, everything was for God. I don't know whether you came across this last week. It's one of the most famous comments of Rabbi Hirsch. The comment is true. Whether it's shut in the Pasuk is a different thing altogether. On the words by Hana'arim regarding Yaakov and Esav, Rav Hirsch makes the following critique of Yitzchak and Rivka. In short, he says that they sent Esau to the same school as Yaakov. But Esau wasn't in Ishtam Yoshevo Alin. Esau wasn't in Yeshiva boy. Esau was in Ishtadeh. He needed a different school. And they sent him to the Mir. They sent him to the Mir. They said, sit and learn. And, and he couldn't learn. So he rebelled. Because they kept saying, sit and learn, sit and learn, say it, say it, lay, lay in the Gemara, lay in the Gemara, lay in the Gemara, pa, lay in the Gemara, pa, lay in the Gemara, lay in the Gemara. So he walked out. He walked out. There, Rav Hirsch uh, talks about his, uh, the theme that he adopted, not him, it's a pasuk in Mishle, Chanoch Pidarko. is to educate the child according to his needs, to see what the child, that's why in this school, we stopped this year because the teachers stopped, but we have drama and Tanakh, we have creative writing. We have different ways where people, we have art, ways where people can express their talents and within the framework of Torah and mitzvot. It's not outside, it's not bitul Torah, it's not just because I haven't got my Gemara, I love learning Gemara, I learn Gemara every day, but not everyone can learn tomorrow. It's just not everyone can do it. And if it becomes painful, and if it makes you anti-religious, Mayor Sharim, ladies, which you wouldn't know, but Mayor Sharim is full of young men walking around with cigarettes in their mouths because they were sent to yeshiva and they can't sit in yeshiva. They can't sit in yeshiva. Yeshiva isn't the only place where you can express your Judaism. It's across the board. It's everywhere and in everything that we can do. And so the, the, the rest of this is very much talking about, about the fact that Yaakov went out there. We have a whole parsha that deals with Chol. There's nothing there, right? There's no Akeda, giving my, 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 uh, my soul to God. There, there's no Aliyah Le'eretz Yisrael, Jewish themes. He went to Chutz Laris and earned a living and got married. That's it. That's it. That's the whole parsha. He got married a couple of times, uh, a, a bit of a slip up, and, and, and had children, and earned a living, and came back. And that's kedusha, because kedusha is defined by. And, and you know, there's something else, ladies. There are people who sit in Gomorrah all day, and there's not there's not an iota of kedusha in what they're doing. 
this intellectual stimulation. They, they don't get closer to God. They, they just, they're just going through it. I've seen it. I, I've seen Talmudic learning. It was the biggest shock I had when I went to Yeshiva. I came across people who could learn Gomorrah so well. But I saw them in the dorms. And, and there was no... There was no correlation between the way they could learn and certain things that they would do. The, the, the learning was an intellectual stimulation at the highest level. Just didn't make them fruma. When I watched my Rosh Hashiva learn Gomorrah, it was like watching an angel. But he was a Rosh Hashiva. He would tell me that. So it works both ways. You can, you can make yourself holy by singing a song, by going to the Kota, by just saying to Hillim, because, because you want to connect with God. And you can sit and you can finish Shas and not be fundamentally religious. I want to finish with just one other thing. Resonating with me, this is a little bit, you can, I'm running out of time, and today I really want to go home, but the particular who's become very well known over the last on Charles Avenue. to Inside the had a baby, she Rosh Hashiva in Orocha, oh, he lost his for a bottle of vodka. For a bottle of vodka, don't tell me you have a taste. Because the minute the right is going to have the cameras in the hospitals. We've got the cameras. We can see the fucking things going down, losing it. Lovely. Ladies.